Good evening, Patriots. And it's Friday, March 10th. At least on the West Coast, East Coast, you're now cruising into Saturday morning early. It's been quite a week over here at um, Glad Tidings Church. And I'm just going to kind of do some recap of some thoughts tonight and uh, probably touch on a little bit of Bard's Fest and just some general reflections on our relationship in God and Jesus, which is Every time I leave these conferences, it's just so pulsating and it's beautiful and so much Holy Spirit alive. Before we begin, though, let's remember that our homes are our places we have to defend and protect. And part of that is to keep our skills up and also keep costs at a minimum. Ammo is expensive and the best way to practice to keep proficient are using tools and devices that will help build those skills. And the best on the market is iTarget Pro. If there was ever a story that best encapsulated how bad crime has become, it's the one about Starbucks providing baristas with active shooter training because our cities aren't safe anymore. And while the Supreme Court has made it easier for you to conceal carry for protection, it's your responsibility to be properly trained. That's why I endorse iTarget Pro. This system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range and you will save a ton on practice ammo. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm and start your training experience. Improve muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, including .223, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Save 10% plus free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to iTargetPro.com right now. This is the smartest investment in your ability to safely and effectively handle your firearm. Plus, it will pay for itself in one day. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. Offer code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you want to have. iTargetPro, good, good product, good company, so check it out. Really worth having, worth the investment. You'll get your money back on savings of ammo right away. So, you know, I've been down here in at the Isaiah 61 conference, which is just an amazing uh, conference. And it, you can view it online at the uh, the Glad Tidings Church from Yuba City, California. It is really a fantastic conference. And it really gets into Scripture in a such a deep way. We start to look at what the real threat is. So much of what we're dealing with right now is a spiritual war. And we say that often in a very metaphorical way, but it's very deep and it's very real. From the time of the flood when all the, the Nephilim were wiped out, they were disembodied. These, spirit, these disembodied spirits have, have roamed and they look for opportunities to infect and infest people. And it's amazing when we look around our world and really open our eyes to what we're seeing. I mean, we're looking at an unbelievable rise of demonic force within our world. And the typical way of looking at this is medicate people and stick them in an insane asylum or medicate them and, and just keep medicating them. So much of which could be solved if people really approach de de deliverance work. And I've seen it work so much now that I'm not... You know, it's, I, I think it starts to, to create a divide at times in churches because there's many, there are churches that don't want anything to do with it. They reject it. And yet Jesus himself said that, you know, we have the, 
the authority over snakes and scorpions and the authority and the dominion over all evil. And when we really get into the meaning of snakes and scorpions, those were the the, the occult groups and the spiritual occult groups that represented both the infections and demonic occultish attacks on the body and the spirit. So we're dealing with a whole range of very real things that we've been given authority to deal with. And the question is, do we have the faith and do we have the trust to do just that? And so much of Isaiah 61 is about that, is just about awakening our understanding to what the threat is and then giving people opportunities and tools so that we free ourselves, keep ourselves free, and then help others become free. But it's always a choice. And that's the one thing that God has made very clear in our world is that it is a choice. We really, and I think we don't emphasize that enough. I mean, I, I think that, you know, it was so much of where we're at and we've, in this world, is we become a we or a me world. And in the minute that we started walking away from God, we become vulnerable. As we walk with Christ, I think we can all acknowledge that the world doesn't only change and transform, which it does, and it transforms in an amazing way. But we gain a level of protection and a level of knowledge and wisdom that when you're walking by yourself, you just don't have. And sadly, when we look across a divide, and it's in a certain sense somewhat metaphorical, we are looking across this divide. What we're seeing are those that are seeking so much. So you take the New Age movement or you take the, the rise of the Church of Satan, which is unbelievable. Um, you see people trying to find, you know, the, the power of the, the light beings and all of these things. We are wired to find our creator, but lacking a, a relationship with Christ there is going to be this pursuit into these areas which the demonic world is more than happy to lure us into. And once we do and we make our choice to go that way, we can become very easily trapped. And that's a lot of what's happening right now with when we talked, we touched on it at the end of last hour's show, but is with this artificial intelligence stuff. The rise of this new um, artificial intelligence model and dependency is all about drawing people into a conversation and bargaining and and having guidance given to us by a demonic realm. And it's literally the black mirror because we're looking through into something we don't understand. And yet people are, enjoy, are playing with it. They're toying with it. It's very much on par with playing with Ouija boards. And all you're dealing with now is reaching across that line and inviting the spirits in. And once we start to do that, it just gets horrifically messy. Very, very messy. The one thing that's very interesting about Glad Tidings Church is Glad Tidings Church has a lot of alignment in the way that people live and do things as it does with Bard's Nation. And this is why I'm really excited that one of the Bards Fest, we're, we're going to have a number of them this year if all comes together right. Looks like we're going to have, I mean, we'll be having one in June, and I'll get all these dates to you very soon, but we're locking it in now. There's going to be one in June at Glad Tidings Church, and we're going to start putting you know, donations for that up soon. 
There's going to be one in, I think Kansas is what we're looking at now, possibly one in Wisconsin, still looking at possibly one in Waco, not sure yet. There's been a request for one on the East Coast. We'll see about that. Also had a request for us to go back to St. Louis. And I also have found a location south of Portland, Oregon. that's phenomenal, and we're in discussion with, with them now. So we're looking at probably three to five Bards Fest this year, regional. Each one's going to have a little different flavor and character. And the way that that is going to ultimately work out is we're going to try to emphasize the regional talent and um, and kind of move there. Someone asked me if we're going to go upstate New York. I, I have to be really honest about this. I... Just hear me. I'm not going to tell you yes or no, because every time I do that, God smacks me so hard. I'm like, oh, yeah, I shouldn't have said that. Here's my heart on the East Coast. I lived on the East Coast. I lived in I lived in New Jersey. I've traveled that, that Accela corridor way too much. I really don't like the East Coast. Nothing personal to anybody there. I, I just can't, can't stand the politics. I love the people, can't stand the politics, and I... And so I'm not going to tell you that there's going to be one anywhere in particular yet. We're, we'll put it up for prayer. We've got a great team helping sort this out. We're kind of letting the places sort themselves out as to who's coming forward. If I have to start working my tail off to like rent a massive space, and that's not the way this is working. What we're finding already with this Bards Fest is there's an organic sense to it of people that are inviting us in, which is exactly as we want to be. So I, I leave that open. Um, I'm just telling you that I'm, when someone reached out the other day and said they're interested in one on the East Coast, and I was like, uh, but <laughs> God didn't go, uh, Scott went, uh, and then God's probably going to go like, hey, dude, uh, I got something for you, smack. I'm like, okay, thanks, God. This week has been a real interesting week. As you know, I'm in the fast. I'm I'm trying to sort out what I what God wants me to do next because I'm this fast is was about 29 days. Um, I, I've had a lot of questions on that, so I want to touch on that real quick. I mean, there's just a lot of random things I'm kind of bringing up to date tonight, so just bear with me. Um, a lot of people have been asking about my fast. How are you doing it? Are you water only? So here's my answer, and I'll just kind of lay out what I've done. I just did this as as prayer led. So I, I didn't put any boundaries on this as far as uh, fast. And fast being no food, it's first of all. Um, I'm 19 days into a 29-day fast as it's scheduled now. Um, I've been getting a nudge, which I'm trying to clear up in prayer to really see if I'm hearing God or if I'm making this up myself to go to 40 days, I can tell you that the way I'm feeling, I could easily go 40 days. Uh, the What I've been consuming daily, I do water, obviously, but I've been drinking this mixture, which I've talked about a number of times. I posted it in the, in the Bart's Family Room, Telegrams, page, space, channel, whatever. And it's a mixture of, it's just, it's a real health cleansing tea or drink. Um, it's Fresh turmeric, fresh ginger, fresh garlic, uh, fresh lemon juice, cayenne pepper, chaga mushroom, and, um, and, and apple cider vinegar, and a little bit of um, manuka honey, honey, which I added at the, in the second phase of that because I was, my throat was getting all messed up. 
And I blend all that together and then I mix it. And I've been mixing it. Initially, I mixed it with water. And now I'm transitioning on this liquid fast to a bone broth, which is going to become pretty intensively mainly bone broth as I go forward here. So no food. Um, I have as well had the first week I had uh, a cup of eight ounces of uh, coconut uh, water each day. So that kind of gives you an idea. So it's not a pure water fast, but that's not how God led me on this. But it's been an amazing, amazing fast. I mean, I am I have zero hunger pains. I have super good clarity in my mind. My, I'm, I mean, I'm, I feel so good and so, so strong right now. Uh, my body feels better. Um, and just so many things. So this has been an incredible fast. It's probably been one of the best fasts I've ever done. And um, just kind of taking notes and learning from it. One of the things that I've I've kind of noted to myself is that when we talk about doing a water-only fast, um, one of the things we forget is that the water at the time of Christ was real, <laughs> meaning it had minerals in it, it had all these things. The water we have today, even if you get it in bottled water or you filter it, it's lacking a lot of those natural minerals that water used to have. Water was a living, uh, it was just a living entity almost. And today our water is very much dead. I know one company up in Seattle that um, has created a process to cre recreate the living water of old. And it's a, it, their systems are fantastic, super expensive. For like a household, it's like ten or twenty thousand dollars to get your system for a household, but they claim great things with it. But I say all that because when you are water fasting today, you're you end up going through some real pangs, hunger pangs, uh, cravings, aches. I mean, I, I talk to people all the time, and a lot of what's happening is you're we're not getting our base minerals. This fast, I've maintained. Um, not only have I maintained some nutrients, which is the, all that stuff in that drink to help the body cleanse and to help the body's immune system boost, but I've also added back in the minerals, which were initially coming from, uh, the, the coconut water. And I'm not really drinking much of that now. And now I'm, re I'm supplanting this with bone broth. So it's not a zero calorie fast. I'm probably consume in the, when you add everything up, it's probably somewhere around, you know, 80 to 150 calories a day, something like that. But there's absolutely zero hunger pangs. I mean, I feel absolutely fantastic. At this rate, I literally could live this way and be fine. Uh, not that I will, but just so you know. Um, so anyway, that's kind of, um, that kind of gives you an idea of the, where I'm going with this fast. And so when I I, just because I've had so many questions and I want to address that. So back to Bard's Fest real quick. I have promised you dates. We have to get going on this very quickly. We're going to do, uh, we'll get the dates going. I talked to the web guy, our web designer. He's fantastic. And I had a call with him and Hannah um, this last week. He's moving forward to get the map set up so we can see the locations of where Bard's Fest will be and set up our ticketing system again. And then um, we're hoping to launch all of that within two weeks. 
And we're hoping to launch at the same time the new T-shirt store, which everything is in place now, and that should be going pretty quick. So those are some things to look forward to, and that'll come off the website, and there's been a lot of revisions going on there. So that's where that is. So I, that's, I'm just going off my list here of things I wanted to touch on tonight. All right, let's go back to Isaiah 61. Um, one of the things that I really... I'm, going to deviate from that a little bit at Isaiah 61 my leg as I have told you about has been a real man it has been a miserable injury that I have on this one and this leg has been killing me for about three to four weeks now really hard to walk around takes a lot of morning stretches it's and it's it's gotten past the point of sciatica there was it became pretty evident to me that there was an injury in there there is a, I've, I've had this experience now with a, a woman who is the daughter of the executive pastor and she is, she's really amazing. She's, she's a healer. She has, she's also a prophetic and she's a, one of the best deep tissue massage people I can honestly say now I've ever worked with. And I've had a number of them in my life. Well, she, she did a whole massage and healing thing on this back of my leg um, the other day and in the process did a lot of prophecy and I, I am always I'm just I am just by nature skeptical of prophecy in general I'm very cautious of accepting it but I'm telling you when somebody starts pulling out stuff and they don't know you from Adam and you're like oh my goodness and it was really it's pretty amazing experience in, in that whole piece and why I say all this is it's really opening my eyes up to the power of spiritual healing. What's come of this injury is I suspected when she got in there and she's realized that there's a tear in one of the muscles in the back of my leg. And that probably came from a combination of way too many hours of sitting and doing podcasting, which is, I mean, I've changed that because I have standing desks now. But also... Um, and I went in and did some pretty intense workouts, which is typically me. I'll go from like, oh, I haven't been working out for, you know, three months. So let me just go in and jump in and do what I did before, which was not good. So there's been a tear in that back muscle, which is healing. But to really experience the power of healing hands and what that will do with through prayer and that whole focus is pretty amazing. Um, in addition to that, they're at, at Glad Tidings Church, they're introducing a new health clinic. And the health clinic is all using new technologies, which they consider God-given technologies, many of which Dr. Kerry Midday has been working with too. Some of these are using scalar technologies. And I had a chance to use one of these devices. It's a scalar light technology. So it's Tesla Technologies. And I'm going to tell you, between the massage and that, I was blown away. It started out with a scalar technology thing. It's, it's like a long, it looks like a curling iron, but a big one. And um, and then it, when you turn it on, it has blue light that comes out of it, and it has heat that blows through it. So it's kind of like, it sounds like a hairdryer. And I had this thing done in the back of my leg uh, earlier in that day, uh, which was, that would have been 
Thursday? Yeah, earlier in the day, Thursday. No, I'm sorry. In the it was in Wednesday is when it was done. So Wednesday afternoon, and they, I had it done, and I could hardly. I mean, I was in a lot of pain walking around. That stuff was crazy. Like the entire pain in my back and my leg went away in just one. It was like 15 minutes, and typically you're supposed to do like 30 minutes. So this is something I'm really keen on. I want. I'm going to try to explore this more and find out more about it. And then the next day to have healing hands put on that with a massage, it's just like an injury that's a literal tear of a muscle. And even though it still is hurting, it's the the change that has happened in forty eight hours is just phenomenal. And I'm and I again it just reinforces a lot of what we talk about in terms of having to get to a a space of healing hands and healing people. I mean, Christ has called on us to heal the sick and that comes in many forms. And it, it's just a, a relensing of the critical time that we're in is that we really need to be seeking that wisdom and praying into it. And, I, and this is something that I'm going to be spending a lot more time myself on is praying into this and learning from others of what that transforms and what that means. And we, we had a testimony of a guy. This is phenomenal. So he was a he was an addict. Um, he had come to Glad Tidings and understand at, at Glad Tidings Church you have a you have the the assembly hall at the Glad Tidings Church, which has an, a space for nine hundred people, beautiful stage, it's an amazing facility. You have a cafe on the side of that. They built a skateboard park for kids. They've got a soccer field behind it. They have another smaller, two other smaller assembly rooms in kind of their, what we'll call the main building. And then they have a a, um, a drug rehab place on campus. They have a, a transition house for people coming out of jail, out of prison. They come in there and they, they go through a, a transition. All of this is Christ-centered. They have a place for people that are, um, like one of the things they do, they have this whole thing for mothers single mothers um they and they were they've done they still continue this as far as i know they have a off campus but through people at the church they 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 fix single mothers cars for free every saturday they've got a k through 12 uh school that i was there at there today they have a, a a huge area in the open which is kind of their parking lot that they've created they have a food warehouse for distribution of food they have a huge orchard, and they're on a $10 million build project, which is in mindset similar to what we're going to be doing up on the uh, on the 80 acres to produce food for pretty much a good chunk of the entire area in conjunction with other farmers so that nobody will be left without food. This is the Ecclesia model that they have there. So all of this comes together in just an amazing system and what's really amazing to me when we're there and why I am really excited for people in Bars Nation to come see it and to, and to learn about, this is what I would consider and why I consider Yuba City or Glad Tidings Church to be probably one of the best churches in the nation because they aren't, the, the sermons on Saturday and Sunday are like, that's the extra part of what they do. Their main, their main ministry is literally active and doing every single day. There is not a day that goes by that someone's not coming in and seeking 
deliverance or seeking support. They have outreaches in all the prisons. They have outreaches with the local police and the, and the sheriff's department. They're looking for people that are in need of, of you know, they're homeless. They have kids that are, they, have, they look for kids that need help. They are just constantly reaching into the community to help bring them in and re- and build and literally build God's world. And that's that's a big, big piece. So the testimony that was given was a guy that had been an addict. And this isn't that long. He's only been in, in Glad Tidings, I think, since last fall. He came to Glad Tidings. Um, he was still an addict when he came to the, to the program that they have there. And he was... He had been diagnosed with stage four liver cancer. So they had already cut off all of his toes on his feet. And he was destined to die, basically. So he had come to Glad Tidings and it struggled with a lot of these things of whether it was even worth continuing. And so he gave his testimony. So... The long and the short of it is that he did it. He accepted Christ fully in his life. People there prayed for him, and, and uh, he went in just very recently, went into his cancer doctor. And when the doctor, when he came in, the doctor said, "You need to sit down." And you know, he's thinking to himself, "Like, look, dude, you know, you've already told me I'm going to die. So, how much longer did it get shorter or something?" And so the doctor proceeds to tell him, he said. I, I've never been up all night pacing and smoking cigarettes over the, your case. And he said, I just did that. He said, I don't understand it. He says, I'm a, I'm a medical doctor. I don't believe in witchcraft. And the guy says, well, there's no witchcraft here. There's only Jesus. And when the doctor got to the point of showing him his results, remember, I just said that just prior to that, a few months prior, so he was probably within two months, he had been diagnosed with stage four liver cancer. He had been given about six months to live. His testimony on Thursday night, he's cancer-free. He is 100% cancer-free. And all of that through the power of prayer and the power of healing. And Glad Tidings, I'm telling you, it is a place where the Holy Spirit lives and people that embrace it, there's amazing testimonies like this over and over. This is just a reinforcing point that I have. that We are going to transform the world through the power of the Holy Spirit and what God gives us to do. And we can heal in our prayers. And I will tell you, the testimonies I've been getting from our, from our Friday prayers have been humbling to me. Uh, first, I want to thank everybody for being courageous enough to extend and ask for prayers. That's a beautiful thing. I also want to thank everybody for praying in on Friday because I'm getting the testimonies back and people are seeing transformation in their lives. And we, we don't often, we don't see those results often right away, but we're seeing transition of results quickly. And just like this guy, he's this is a, an amazing, I mean, this is, this is what we would call a miracle of healing, of healing by God's hand. And all of that through the power of prayer and the power of his acceptance of Christ in his life. And he is literally physically now, he came up on stage 
and or he came up in front of the, the group, about 150, 200 people. And he even made a joke. He goes, I've got all these nice shoes. And he said, I looked down. He said, they look kind of goofy. He says, and I didn't know his story yet. And he said, because uh, I have no toes. Well, it came out that he doesn't. They've cut off all of his toes on his feet because at one point that's how infected things were because of his liver cancer. He And now to see a man that has been transformed, and it was a powerful testimony. He, left, he was in tears telling it. That's what God does. God doesn't want us to be imperfect. God doesn't want us to be suffering and pain. That's all dark, demonic stuff. And where we have to start reaching out is to start realizing, and this is what I leave every time with these conferences, is we have to get ourselves in alignment with the Holy Spirit. Because sin itself is the more the, the curse of mortality or death. And we have to go through and get ourselves in alignment with the Holy Spirit. You've heard me talk a lot about deep repentance, which I completely believe in, and I, I continue to do it. And that means starting at a point where we inventory our lives from as far back as we remember and step by step walk through our lives and repent for everything that we come across that stands out in our prayers and our focus of our lives that's a sin and ask and repent for that. And not just to do the, the carte blanche repentance, but to detail this out as if we're being put through the fires of judgment. And in the process of that, then it opens us up to start recalibrating in our lives. And then when things come up to not waste any time, but get down and repent. When you start thinking about something, repent on it. What we're doing is we're breaking so much of this demonic contract that we have intentionally or unintentionally created, which is opening an, a hole in our armor to effectively let the darkness in. I mean, we, we're breaking every time we have a sin, it's like putting a crack in our hedge of protection which is in us. And that's where, you know, we, we need start, we dig into repentance and we start to see the power of repentance. It, it is, it is profound when we start to clear that out because we are aligning so much within the body of Christ and we are becoming stronger and greater in this world to where we ourselves begin to live into what Christ said we could do. And we can heal the sick. We can cast out demons. I mean, that's just there. I mean, that, that's, you know, we have dominion over scorpions, snakes, and scorpions. And those are the, those represent all the ailments physically and all the ailments spiritually that they could wage against us. And that's the dominion we have to take back. It's a process. It takes discipline and time and study and it's a process that is re achievable by every single one of us if we're walking within the body of Christ. That's the amazing thing. And then when we add the gifts and talents that God gives us, it just becomes amplified. But I've, I've seen so much of this this week, and it's as I do every time I come down. And they have a deliverance team, which I'm very privileged now to be. Anytime I come down, they open the door for me to come work with them. And that's an amazing experience. I shared some of that last time with you when we um, had that young girl that came in that couldn't walk. I mean, she was shuffling. She had consonants problems. Uh, she couldn't speak. She was wanting to run away. 
And within one session and 24 hours later, she was coming up front of the congregation, smiling, talking. She had, she had taken a shower, which she wasn't even bathing herself. She had taken a shower, put herself all together. When you see those levels of transformation within one session, you're like, oh my goodness. I mean, that's, that's God working and shaking off all those burdens that we have, which really do leech on us and parasitically take us down. We, if we look at the demonic world like a, like a parasite, I think that's the easiest way of saying it. They're just draw, drawing us down to this perpetual trap. One of the things I had mentioned in the uh, previous show, and I want to dig into a little bit, one of the big things for Bards Fest that God's put on my heart this year is that when we do these festivals, we need to be breaking bread. And we need to be doing it to where we're having meals together. This is the fellowship, and it's it's all part of what I've been talking about. All this is, again, I mean, this is like God's been put on my heart. So I want to, you know, I talked about two weeks ago about the sourdough, what we're going to talk more about in, as we go forward, but the sourdough revolution. So that's a that's making sourdough once a week and then sharing that sourdough with your friends, your family, your neighbors, the kids in, in, this, in, in the neighborhood, building community through literally ba- breaking bread. It's almost like Jesus feeding the 5,000 with bread and, and pieces of, you know, pieces of bread and fish. But we're, we're living that out. What's amazing is once, since I did that show, um, and we've had so many people here respond to it so positively, but I start bumping into people and I'm, I'm talking to somebody and, and they're like, oh, my wife just started making sourdough. And I'm down here talking. And all of a sudden I'm talking to the assistant to Dave, uh, Pastor Dave is Tara. She's a wonderful person. And she's like, you talked about sourdough. She goes, I just started making sourdough. And she's been bringing it to the church. There's something in this is what I'm saying. When you start bumping into that, you know the Holy Spirit's talking to a lot of people at the same time. And principally... I witnessed it when God nudged me on Tuesday to said, like, you need to buy lunch for everybody on Thursday. So I told Pastor Dave that. And then he he asked, had me come up and he said, look, tell everybody why. I said, it's principally this. I said, God's been putting on my heart over and over now for months in prayer that we need to be coming together and breaking bread, sharing meals, experiencing that communal space. Because when we come to events or like whether it's a Bards Fest or whether it's Isaiah 61 conference, but even in the sense of in our communities, these when we go to the, the conferences, it's easier to make the example of because we're usually going there for a reason. So Isaiah 61, people are coming to learn about deliverance work. When people are going to come to Bards Fest, they're coming for various reasons. Maybe it's to learn something, to experience the fellowship and all that, but what it is is that we're also building these communities that we're going to have to lean on as we go forward. And the difference between sitting and this is where I was, what I witnessed, which was so profound because as God nudged me, he's like, I want you to, I want you to pay for all the meals. So people will come together. They expected like 50 people to say, okay to that. There were 150 people out of maybe 175 or 200 at the whole conference. 150 plus people came in and broke bread together. So basically the majority of the conference came in 
and I can't tell you the outpouring of thank yous. It was stunning to me. We had teenagers all the way up to adults, older adults, and the, the, just the kindness and the graciousness that was extended was one thing, but it wasn't just like, oh, thanks for buying me a meal. It had nothing to do with that because I didn't even want to be recognized for it. Just to be clear, that wasn't my choice. That was Pastor Dave, but, and I love him to death. But my point is what they were sharing should be so fundamental to us, but we overlook it. People were coming and telling me stories how, man, I sat together with somebody I didn't know and I was able to meet with them and link them with somebody else so that it would help them out. There was an immediate movement by God to talk about, to teach us again of what the community and what the fellowship in community is really like all over breaking bread, basically having a meal together. We should do this natively, but unfortunately we don't. And that's, it's the centerpiece to victory as far as I'm concerned. And this is really what God put on my heart over this last week is winning this war is not tough. It, it is not a tough fight. But what is tough is that we make it tough. We try to fight it on our own. We try to work outside of the principles of the fundamentals of, of the gospel and the fundamentals of fellowship which is literally working together, getting to know each other, sharing our stories and sharing the love of Christ together and doing that through the blessings of food. That is so fundamental. And to witness that firsthand, how a simple event, I mean, my injection in this is tiny. Isaiah 61 is a fantastic conference. So much work goes into that. But it was so Amazing to witness how that small piece became so meaningful over the week to people because they had a chance to literally step into a space of active fellowship and and communion, and it becomes a living communion. So I say this on many levels. I say this for one, let us not forget how important it is to sit together in a meal and share and look each other in the face and have a conversation. As a family, if you're not having dinners together, I, I can't stress the importance of doing that. I mean, one of the things I miss every time I'm driving around and, and, and I'm down here for a week, I miss the meal I have every night with my parents. I enjoy it. We have fellowship. We, we pray. We, we break bread. We, we, in my case, last couple of weeks, I've been uh, sipping juice or water, but nonetheless, we're sharing in the experience of the blessing of food and the whole experience of God blessing us at the table. And with that, there's always amazing conversations. This is a fundamental piece of allowing the glory of God, the love of God to flow into us and giving us that amazing position against the enemy that they can never take away from us. That power defeats anything the enemy's trying to do. We can talk all day long about the various weapons of war that we have against this demonic force. Some, if, especially like the Catholics, and I know criticism of Catholics, but they like they really like to use the cross, like the, because the cross does break curses. Or you want to use holy water, or you want to use anointed oil, and people want it to to do hands on. But the one thing. The one thing that the enemy can never stand to is when we extend love. And I'm going to tell you, from a guy that has walked in war and a guy that is 
still, I mean, I, I am warrior through and through. That's the way God made me, okay? So I'm, I'm still working through this piece, and this is my work in progress of what does it look like to wage war with love? I don't have that answer yet, but I can tell you that there's enough testimony of how we fight even the most vicious enemies with the power of the Holy Spirit's love. I, God's love is profound. So that's where I want to start kind of close tonight in, a, in what was probably one of the most interesting experiences I've had in a while that God threw me into today that has left me really having to go to prayer and go, okay, I need to get some of this. I need to really grasp what I saw today. Not like I didn't understand it, but it ran against everything I would have expected. So I was asked today if I wanted to come over to see a, the uh, fellowship group that they have at the K through 12. And these are mainly about sixth graders up to high school that had come together. And they'd been in the Isaiah conference. They'd been, already had morning prayer and they're pretty tired. This is now in the afternoon. It's about two-ish, 1.30 is actually when I got over there. And so they, they have their own prayer and worship team. And I watch, I, I, I thought when I came into this, I thought I had an idea, let me put it like this, of how to relate to youth. And I, because I love youth, I, through and through I love them. But what I witnessed showed me a world that I got a glimpse into something that I had no relationship with, and yet I watched literally almost miracles happen. So watch this. The prayer and worship team that they have is all their own. And so they're engaged. They're standing up in front of the stage. They have their own space over at the school. They're praying. They're, they're worshiping. They're celebrating. It's beautiful. But they're also pretty tired. And they're pretty worn down. There's a group that's here now that we're doing some work with Glad Tidings Church. It's called Light Dove Ministries. And their whole focus is on building young disciples. So the, this team, which is a four young men, age 26, 25, came in to talk to this audience. Now, I need to give you the profile because this is when I, I literally talk about me being off track here. But I just, I'm going to just, this is like my testimony here. They come in and they're all dressed in skinny jeans and they've got the, they're all super clean cut and they look nice, but man, when I start seeing skinny jeans and leather shoes, I literally, it's, it's just like sticking a knife in my knee or a pencil in my kneecap. I, it just rubs me wrong. And I, and I'm, I'm not telling you anything like that's right. I'm just telling you that it just brings back a, a wrong vibe for me. Okay. And I'm looking at these and I'm rolling my eyes. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be something. Now, before they've come in, I'm sitting with the principal who I've come to know. He's an amazing man. He and I are similar age. He's also served in the military. And I, I'm, as the prayer and worship team was singing, the young lady, who's she's in 11th grade, she was talking as, as they do and as it goes on in prayer and worship. And she says, you know, when, tough, when things really get tough, we have to lean in harder to God. And I turned to him. I said, look, this is not, uh, this is just a, a very benign question, but I need to get a reference point. I said, when that 11th grader says when things get tough, what does that mean to them? What does that look like to them? 
So the principal starts walking through a number of his students. And you talk about getting humbled. The sorts of things that tough is to them is like, you know, single mom, dad's abandoned them. Um, dad's active in the house and abusing and molesting the, chi- the one of the young girls. Um, a young boy who I happen to know from the men's camp that I, when I was at last year, who has a, a, he's a wonderful, beautiful soul, young kid, but his mom and his dad are constantly dealing with addictions and he's half the time living in his grandpa's house, grandma and grandpa's house, half the time he's living with them. Um, another young, a couple of young kids that who's are being raised by their grandparent, grandfather. The grandmother just died of cancer. The grandfather has cancer and the mother's an addict that drifts in and around once in a while just to pop in and say hello. Another young boy who whose parents until recently were new agers and when he first came to school, they were forcing him into a transgender change. So, I, you know, when, he, when I asked that question and I got this back, I just stood there and I went, wow. And then another young boy who is here, and in his age, he's about 12 or 13, he doesn't know how to read. And they're working with him, but he doesn't know how to read. So that's a, that's like big humble pill. Because I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah, really, seriously, like, what is it? And I'm, I'm honest about this with you. I mean, I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm going, seriously, like, when you say lean into God when stuff gets tough, what is an 11-year-old dealing, or 11th grader dealing with, or younger? And it makes you realize for myself how fortunate and in a certain way in this day and age, how privileged my life was to have a, be raised by a family and a mom and a dad that are still married, that a dad that never missed a single event in my entire time in school and a mom that never missed making a meal any day of the week. I mean that, and we never missed a meal together as a family. That's a completely different world. It's it's literally apples and oranges. So this young team steps up. And um, now remember, the principal's giving me an inventory of some of the most extreme cases that they have there. And there's, I mean, it's a smaller group, but I mean, you really get a profile of America in this one little group. So these, these kids stand up and... Right away, the, the young man starts to prophesy a bit. And the prophecy initially was just very generic. And, I, and I, I'm and i being honest, I was kind of rolling my eyes. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a show. And then something happened. And he starts working with these. I'm watching these kids, and I'm watching these the young men that are in front of them. And these kids are, you know, half they're dozing off, and they're ready to go home. And they start to sit up and be engaged. And then he starts calling out these people in, in the group. He doesn't know them. And he asks them to come up front and individually sit there. And he asks them to, he asks the group of people to, like one segment of the class, to say something positive about them. But here's what's amazing every single person he called out was the one was one of them that the principal had pointed out as needing the most help in love in Christ. And I sat there looking at God. I was talking to God. I'm like, holy cow, Lord. I probably shouldn't say that. I should probably say, amazing, Lord. <laughs> no more holy cow here. I'm like, Lord, 
this is incredible. I'm coming in with strong judgments on these young men because of how they're dressed. And you're working through them to have them give messages of love of the kingdom. And I'm in warrior mode, okay? I'm sitting here going like, we need warriors. And and God's, and this is God's words to me. He's like, <laughs> like easy. I need to heal the broken first. And then we create great warriors. And the way to healing is my love. And they need to hear that message. And as I looked at this, and I, I'm looking at this whole span, God also says to me, it's like, the kingdom's bigger than you. And it's bigger than you understand. This is a fight I wanted you to witness to see how we're bringing, we're healing the young as you're waging war over here and raising up, we're raising up armies over here. These are our future and they need to be healed. It's a, it was a humbling experience. And I, I sat in with, as I'm sitting with the principal, he's in tears, he's crying. He's like, I can't believe how perfect this moment was. These were the kids that needed to hear this the most. He goes, I love these children, but they needed to hear this message today. And everyone that he pointed out got that message. And all of my judgments got stepped on and flushed down the toilet right away. And I'm sitting there before God going, man, I'm telling you, I am, I am humbled today because I walked in with judgment and I'm leaving with... Huh, it's choking me up. I'm leaving with the greatest appreciation for how the Holy Spirit works. Where I'm thinking one way, I'm forgetting another because I've turned my eyes towards one way of thinking and realizing the Holy Spirit's waging this whole war with everybody. So, subtle reminder, a great way of ending the week and something I'm I'm going to be sitting with a lot in prayer this weekend as I work through that in my own judgments and my own preconceptions and trying to get a little deeper into what those triggers are that have set me off and and that level of discernment that needs to be refined. Um, and I, I'll get there quickly because I'm going to let God just do his work within me and see what has to happen. But... I wanted to share that with you because it is just, I watched youth speak to youth in a language that I would have never expected to work, in a language that would have repulsed me, and yet it excited those kids. It gave them what they needed, and it was all Holy Spirit feeding their hearts and healing the broken. And that's ultimately what we know Jesus does so well. Let's pray. Father God, I just want to thank you for this evening and an opportunity to share this week and these testimonies this week. And just thank you for what we have developed here in such an amazing way in Bards Nation. We have, you've given us collectively something that is um, rare and yet profound and important for our time. And today, you reminded me as well that there's so many of these youth that need healing. And so in the entire look of this week, Father, you've, you've reminded me of the power and importance of us focusing on healing, building the bridges, healing the broken, healing those hearts. So our prayer tonight is just for all that are listening to embrace that challenge 
of being able to reach in and start working on healing, whether it's building a bridge with your neighbor by sharing bread, whether it's sitting as a family to have a meal and to break bread and to build the bonds and heal the wounds, or whether it's working with youth that are deeply wounded, so many of them, whether it's lack of a father, lack of a mother, dysfunctional problems within the family, lack of you living in their lives. We just pray for that powerful, encouraging draw in the hearts of the many to start seeking out and seeing clearly with discernment those that are in need. Father, you've blessed me with an amazing week here. And if I, if my prayers were to be answered, every person in Bard's nation would have that opportunity at some point to go through something like Isaiah 61, to really see the, the fellowship that builds, the, the commitment and pursuit of Christ that awakens in people's hearts and the unburdening of hearts that just completely frees people and gives them a place to run towards Jesus. Thank you. And thank you for all that we have. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Um, thank you, Patriots. I think it's the simplest thing I can say that means a lot for all that we have and we continue to build. We just want to continue to do that. And this year is going to be a big year in having a number of ways that we can come together, a number of ways that we can continue to build our outreach into communities and build the fellowship with spaces greater than our immediate groups and launching us forward to be significant in the battlefield here that God has laid out before us in trying to bring so much love as that mighty weapon of the kingdom to crush the enemy and truly heal the wounded, raise up the sick, and free people from the demonic controls that they're in. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you Sunday night for Peace Be Still. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Thank you. Good night. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something I just want to breathe again Dive into the deepest end Oh, I want to feel something Let me get back in my body
Hi.